0: I'm Nick Cole Hamilton, and this is Tales from Weird Scotland. It's been a while, so I thought I'd share with you a personal story. A weird thing that happened to me last winter. I live in Edinburgh. Which is to say, I live in an old part of the world. We've talked before about the city and its history, its hauntings. But for me, the paranormal and the supernatural have always been things which I enjoy as fiction, as fantasy, escapism. But in such an old place, with such a storied history, I guess after a time it becomes an inevitability that in some way you'll brush up against something you can't quite explain. A lot of folk I know have a story of one kind or another. And this is mine. I work in a second-hand bookshop in Edinburgh's Old Town. Armchair books on the Westport, just up from the grass market. We specialise in Victorian and illustrated books. However, we stock a wide range of other titles, and as well as selling books, we also buy them. One evening, towards the end of my Friday shift, a guy comes in with a book to sell us. A rather battered copy of The Rosicrucians, Their Rites and Mysteries by Hargrave Jennings. This was a first edition copy, about this Templar order and their particular beliefs and practices. The book was in pretty bad shape, needed repair before we could sell it which of course affected the price we'd offer. So the guy hands me the book. I consult the email chain and say, okay, I can see that we've offered you £20 for this. Is that still okay? The guy says, actually, I wonder if I could get a little bit more for it. It's a fair question, but I explained to him that as it was the owner who'd appraised the book in question and not me, I wasn't keen on overriding his offer. Plus, as stated, the book wasn't in the best shape The glue on the spine had split in two and it was only being held together by its boards. The guy immediately says, that's fine, I'd rather just get rid of it. This struck me as a kind of an odd thing to say. So, the fool I am, I asked him, how come? Without missing a beat, the guy says, that book's haunted, man. Really bad energy, all kinds of weird things happening when it was in my house, I just want rid of it. This, I really wish I hadn't heard. I get creeped out really easily and let's just say the shop is a pretty conducive environment for getting spooked if the conditions are right for example being told i'm holding a haunted book or like the time a woman came up to me and said what's the deal with all of the old teddy bears in the shop i said oh i don't know i think they belong to one of the owners when he was a kid and she said all right you see i'm a psychic and there's the spirit of this little girl sitting down there in that corner looking at one of the bears. I begged her to stop telling me. She would not. I got creeped out. So yeah. We bought the book off the guy and I stuck it in the back office awaiting repair. The following week I was in my other job. I work in broadcasting. I was in the TV gallery chatting with the director Pete. I told him the story of the haunted book and he thought it was cool. The following week It's the same deal again, I'm in the gallery, talking with Pete, and he says, you're never going to believe it. Pete has another job as well. He works for a charity which runs like a chill-out space for people who are trying to get back on their feet. Somewhere they can come and hang out, use computers, talk, that kind of thing. He had been chatting to a guy there who had told him the story about a book he'd just sold. A haunted book. It took a few weeks of back and forth. Pete's only in there once a week, of me and the rest of the gallery crew demanding that he get more information until we had a clearer picture. So this guy is apparently sensitive to the paranormal and the supernatural. He has been since he was a wee kid. And like many other people, he used to go around charity shops in the area looking for books to buy cheap and sell to us for slightly more. It's a good deal and it benefits everyone. So, he sees this book in a charity shop one day looks it over and decides on balance not to buy it as it's not in the best condition. The next day, however, he finds himself back in the charity shop, in his words, compelled almost against his will to buy the book. He buys it, brings it home with him where it sits on his coffee table. And like he told me, almost immediately weird things started happening in the house. Odd vibes, seeing things out of the corner of his eye, and just a general awareness that all was not well. Then one day his sister came over and notices the book. Apparently she is sensitive as well. And she picked up the book to have a look at it and dropped it almost immediately. In his words, and I can't stress that enough, the book had burned her hands. Like she had visible burns on her hands after handling it. So, he decides he needs rid of it, and that's when he contacts the bookshop about selling it, and I come into contact with it. Over the few weeks that we'd been gathering this information through Pete, I'd been beginning to feel a bit weird myself. I'd been seeing things in the corner of my eye, misplacing things and finding them in strange places. It was nothing totally unexplainable, but I just was feeling a little bit off, a bit ill at ease. I'm generally a sceptic, but as I said, I'm also fairly easily scared. And something about the book and its story had started to get under my skin. And then I started having the dreams. Like a series of dreams about being possessed or about something trying to possess me. The first one I remember involved a legend about a spirit in the forest called the Thin Man, who spirited away children. The Thin Man took the form of a skull in the middle of a forgotten part of the forest with sharpened teeth and a hole broken in the top of its head. These white translucent arms would come out of the hole in the top of the skull. They seemed to have infinite length and many elbow joints and the hands on the arms would crawl through the air snaking around trees to snare children walking through the woods and drag them back to the Thin Man. In the dream, one day I was walking through the woods and I saw the skull, and it kind of half-possessed me. It filled my skull with radiostatic and made me talk like a dial-up modem and scream at people. And then came the maybe. I dreamed I was in a crucifix-shaped room lying on a bed which was wedged against a door in the room. On the other side of the door was a creature, desperately trying to get through to take hold of me. It was called The Maybe. And the best way I could describe it, the way I described it in Dream to somebody, was it was like the kids' TV character, Dora the Explorer, but with all her skin removed and with her teeth sharpened. So, yeah, I wasn't having the best time of it. After a while of this, my partner spoke to her mum, who suggested a couple of things. Sort of folk remedies and such. There's a strong line of folk wisdom in her family, which is charming and, in this case, useful. One evening, in silence, me and my partner placed four piles of salt, one in each corner of the bedroom. Then we took a pair of finger symbols and in silence walked around the room chiming them. Chiming them under the bed, in the window seat storage, in the wardrobe, in all the little nooks and crannies. It was a really nice thing to do. It felt really peaceful and it really felt like it settled me. After that, I felt a lot better and the dreams seemed to go away. I will admit I have had one or two possession dreams since then, but I put that down to too many scary movies. Eventually, the book got repaired and we listed it online, and it sold almost immediately to someone in America. As a footnote, I spoke to one of the shop's owners about the book, the one who'd first appraised it and who repaired it. We were in the shop and I was pointing it out to him and told him the story. By this point I was refraining from touching it entirely. He picked it up and he leafed through it and said, no, I don't think this is haunted. I asked how he could be so sure. And he said, my dad, the former owner, used to hold seances in here. You get a feeling for that kind of thing. People I've told this story to tend to ask me whether I think the book really was haunted, or whether it was more of a kind of psychological feedback loop, in which I built myself up into a state of suggestible frenzy where it began leeching into my subconscious. I think the latter seems like a far more plausible explanation than the former, however, The situation was eerie and had moments of odd synchronicity like my colleague at my other job pete happening to know the former owner of the book which allowed us to then gain more information about its history and its purported properties i can't remember where i heard this term before but i like to describe myself as a flexible skeptic as i've said before for me the paranormal the supernatural the strange the weird their forms of escapism, their entertainment, first and foremost. However, finding myself in a scary story certainly gave me a different perspective. In answer to the question was the book haunted? Given what I felt, what I dreamed, I would have to say maybe. Thanks for listening and sorry for being away for so long. We're hoping to do more episodes soon, but you never know what life's going to throw at you. A haunted book? A global pandemic? Who can really tell? But either way, join us again hopefully soon for more Tales from Weird Scotland.